How can we grow thriving creative businesses without constantly hustling, sacrificing our mind, body, and creativity, or living a life where the fear of where the next client or customer will come from keeps us up at night or disconnected from our family, friends, and passion? This show is going to answer those questions. My name is Nathalie Roberts, and I specialize in helping true creatives like yourself grow simple, strategic, and thriving creative businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's jump on in. We're going to dive into our very first interview of 2020 and our first interview of the recently renamed Thriving Creative Podcast. This guest has played a massive role in growing my business and is a role model for many true creatives who seek to use their creativity to make money, but at times find themselves wondering if it is possible to grow a thriving business. Today's guest is Dana Malstaff, and she is the CEO and founder of Boss Mom. She is a mother, author, speaker, business strategist, podcaster, blind spot reducer, and movement maker. She launched Boss Mom brand with her first book, Boss Mom, in 2015 and quickly grew her her business to a six-figure business within the first year. She now has over 20,000 students in various courses and a Facebook community with almost 45,000 amazing women. She helps women all over the world raise their businesses and babies at the same time. Today, she shares all about what she sees as the key decisions and practices that have supported her growth, and she gets real vulnerable when she chats about the mistakes and how to keep moving forward when life and business gives you curveballs and lemons all at the same time. If you are a mom, a dad, a human, or really cool entrepreneurial robot, I encourage you to soak up the wisdom of our guests today. Let's dive on in and get thriving. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to have you here today. I would love it if you would tell our audience a little bit about you, who you love in your day-to-day life, and what brings you joy. Oh, goodness. Who, who am I? Such a such a deep question. Um, <laughs> well, most of the online world knows me as the founder of Boss Mom, mm-hmm. and I think "Who Am I" is a constant moving target. <laughs> um, who are you today? Yeah, yeah, because I, you know, I mean, as a as a pre child, pre marriage woman. I was ambitious and creative and loved to travel and, you know, very experiential. I would take archery lessons and, you know, fencing lessons and horseback riding lessons just to experience life and loved creating things and had a ton of friends and like loved being surrounded by people. Started worked for small startups and tried to climb the ladder and then got married and you know, really just like enjoyed the settling down of being married and was married for a few years before I had kids, then got pregnant the, the pretty much the day I quit to start my own business. So became a boss mom literally on the 
like a mom and entrepreneur on the same day. And then the whole question of who am I is a very a, a rocky road after that, I feel like, for a good amount of time because my identity as a woman completely got thrown off by your body changing from having a baby and then this baby being dependent on you. So the independence of my own identity became something I wasn't sure when I would ever, if I would ever get it back and what that would ever look like. Mm. Um, The idea of what I loved and how I loved it was very strange because I loved my husband, but then I loved this baby almost in a completely different way. But I also loved my intelligence and what I did in a completely different way. So the idea of what I love and how I love it and is there enough love to go around totally came into question. Mm -hmm. And and then starting this business and going, do I have what it takes? Do I need to go back as my value in my identity of who I am and what I'm capable of and what my priority should be and all of those things. And then as we went through and I ended up having a second child and we wrote Boss Mom the book and the Boss Mom brand took off and all of those things, that identity of, you know, what's my identity as an entrepreneur and my online identity versus who I am when I'm not, you know, people don't see me all the time because I do not live an Instagrammable life. And and then I got a divorce about a year and a half ago, a super amicable, really, really lovely person. We were just friends and we weren't in love anymore, but we're still good friends now. Uh, when people mm-hmm. ask me to talk to them about divorce, I'm like, don't ask me. I'm like the 0.01% where we actually get along. Yeah. And then my dad passed away. So the whole identity of daughter mm-hmm. and who am I and was I, am I there enough for the people that I care about, which sent me into a spiral of saying no to a lot of things last year, which has been really liberating and very scary all at the same time. And so, I'm, I mean, it's good to be asking me that question now of who am I, because I think I'm actually at a point in my uh, career and my life where I'm starting to get a little bit of that back. The kids are four and six, mm-hmm. so I'm starting to feel like I have some of that if I'm not in a rush if I'm not constantly making sure somebody else is not killing themselves as a child and just survival, what would I do with my time and where am Mm -hmm. I, what what do I want to be doing? And if I have the choice to say no, because I said no to a bunch of things, I think earlier in my business, I would have never said no to. And the world kept on turning going, oh, okay. I could say no to these things. Oh, I get to do what I want in my business and my life. And oh, you know, getting divorced. Oh, I get to decide what I want. And I, you know, and that's not just somebody else's decision. So Mm -hmm. didn't know you were going to open up that can of worms, did you this morning? (laughs) Well, I kind of know you enough to know, yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) So who you are has changed a lot and it's ever changing, which is okay and probably scary and uncomfortable. So how I kind of got ready for this interview, because I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I would love to ask this amazing woman. First, I want to just say, I think you know this, but your group and your community was by far the first place I found people that like, I was like, oh, these people are smart and amazing women and they value so many different things and they impact the world in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I I had been running a business in a local space for a long time and I just hadn't found those people. So yeah. We I was, are those people. We're those people that you weren't sure existed, but we do. They do. <laughs> We're kind of, once you start meeting them, you're like, oh, there's these women and there's these people that get it all over the place. But until you do, it feels impossible, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, ha well, and, and the funny thing too to to say is that they get it for us. Yes, um, for everyone. 
Right, which is important and, and which is it's all valuable. Like the another space where it, it, it's about owning the fact that you want to homeschool your kids and be with your kids all the time or owning the fact that you want to do one particular thing in a career like mm-hmm. eat. That's what part of what I love about the online space nowadays is we used to have proximity friends, which is whoever was near you, your family, the people you grew up with, those are the people that had to be your support system. Yes. And y'all didn't, y'all didn't necessarily care about the th- same things, but now we're able to look into hyper-focused groups on hyper-focused topics mm-hmm. and say, hey, like in the Boss Moms group, we all do a ton of different things. Yes. We all have a ton of different ways we would do business, would parent, yes. but we don't come together to agree on exactly the way that we all parent. We come together to agree that working towards doing things we love and caring about and exploring opportunities yeah. um, and think tanking them and and trying things out and seeing that is important for our kids to see for those mm-hmm. of us in this group. Yeah. So I love that when you when you say you find your people, it, your people may not be boss mom's group for some people listening. For sure. But you should find your people. You should find your people. Everybody yeah. should find their people. <laughs> the dudes that listen, boss moms is not your group. <laughs> I don't know. Some guys want in. That's, that's true. That's true. You you can join my group, the On Purpose Creatives, because we have guys and girls. Maybe that's where your people hang out. I don't know. Come check it out. So I asked my people what, <laughs> and your, some of your people, what they would want to know from you. And one of the questions, which I think you answered a little bit of, was when you look back at your business to this point, mm-hmm. what was one of the scariest moments in kind of that journey so far? Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot of scary moments. I think when I look back at my business, one of the scariest moments was deciding to write Boss Mom, the book. Mm. I had a lot of people tell me that it was not a good idea. I had a lot of people tell me that it was going to take me off focus, Mm. um, that I needed to be spending my time consulting and making money one-on-one and that it was a passion project, not a business project. And I you know, had to consciously decide not to listen. And I had to consciously decide how that would you know, impact certain relationships I had. Mm-hmm. So that was really scary to jump in and do that. And of course, you know, it turned out well mm-hmm. <laughs> since, since it was the launch of the brand, that one. And then the second one is when my first time deciding to invest in a you know twenty thousand dollar coaching program, mm-hmm. and that was really scary. And basically, yes. having I had thirty days that I had agreed with my husband that it had a thirty day money back guarantee. That was like, okay, I'm gonna remake this twenty k in one month. And up until then, I'd been making like eight k a month, kind of thing. I'm gonna yeah. make this up in one month. We are coming up five thousand short, right? So we should be celebrating because I'd made fifteen thousand dollars in one month, but I was like, I'm five thousand dollars short. And I remember being so scared because I messaged the coach and I just said, look, I know you've got a 30 day thing. I I want to stay in this program. This is going to be great. I also need to honor my husband and our agreement. So can you give me an extension? Can you give me an extra week? And they gave me an extra week. So it ended up being, you know, five days, whatever. Yeah. And, and I was able to make the 5k in that time. So I could stay in the program. I had made back my entire investment in, in five weeks. So my husband was happy with that. And then because they were so impressed that I had done that and that I was honest with them about it, they actually ended up featuring me later. And I got interviewed in the whole group and everything like that, which was pretty cool. But I remember being, I, yeah, I remember being really scared that I was, if I wasn't, if I failed, right. Mm -hmm. I, I remember being really scared that it was, 
if I had if I had fallen just a little bit short, like I was choosing between business desires and you know being married and and love and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And yeah, so there's that. I'm sure those are not the last times I will have. I mean, really scary situations. But just just last year, I think it was last year, my dad passed away mm-hmm. before my big event, mm-hmm. and I remember being just like, how how am I gonna be, how am I going to smile? Like I'm paying $5,000 just for someone to take pictures of me and I pretty much cry every day. This is not going to turn out well. You did look lovely. I was there. Oh, thanks. Well, I cried a lot. Most people don't know, but I had about four girls that were my really close friends and in between many of the things that were happening, I was in my hotel room crying and then we'd patch up my makeup and I'd go back out and just do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's what you do. <laughs> Well, and that's, I mean, that's, I think the beauty of knowing how you want to run your business, you knew you were like, okay, I committed to be here and I may not feel like it, but I'm going to be here, but I'm also going to bring that community along with me. Like you didn't try to do it alone, which. Yeah. um, Well, and I, I, in that instance, understanding how it felt to have that happen, Mm -hmm. we didn't do one the next year. We didn't do one this year. And I felt very scared about that because mm-hmm. everybody wanted one. Everybody was telling me they needed one. And it's very scary. Like, is the whole thing going to fall apart if I don't do this event? Yeah. It turns out, no, it won't fall apart because you don't do a big event. And it actually turned out really well because there's a bunch of other events that cropped up yeah. that would have poached some of my sales because they targeted the same audience. I and mean, I didn't have to spend the money or the plans an $80,000 event. I didn't have to spend the money. I didn't have to do the planning. I got more space for me this year. So it ended up being a really great decision, but it was, you know, uh, even good decisions can be really scary. I think often good decisions are really scary. It's very true. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love on the show, like asking people these sorts of questions, because it can be very easy for us to idealize, oh, the people that are making it, and I'm using quotation marks that you all can't see, but like making it, however you define that, you think they don't ever have fears. Like they are just confident and they do it. They they don't have days that they don't want to do it. They don't have X, Y, or Z. And that's just not true. So that would be one of the questions that I would like to ask is when, if we could see inside your everyday mind, what is a thought or a belief or a fear that does crop up you don't live by, but like is there that maybe someone on the outside, maybe someone just starting out or maybe someone that is struggling right now might not expect to see from someone that is succeeding. Hmm. I do a lot of inner work. I usually always have a coach, like a mm-hmm. life coach and kind of thing. So, cause I recognize I'm my best asset. So, mm-hmm. and my brain is the most powerful engine I've got and it can be sneaky. Yes, it can. So, <laughs> You know, I think that I definitely have, I think one of the things is I change my mind a lot. Mm-hmm. I tell people, ch- change your, I'm a think tanker. I, the mm-hmm. amount, like my team knows, you know, we call it collaboration and mm-hmm. I call it, I just, you know, I haven't, I haven't decided yet. Even, and so what I, one of the things I like to say is it's don't go, I think I just put this quote on Instagram, which is it's like, don't go with the good choice, like a good idea. Don't go with a good idea, go with the best idea. And so I think what a lot of people do is go, oh, this is a good idea. And then they go and they run with it. 
Yeah. And my team now knows better that when I have an idea, even if it sounds good, we're still four iterations before what it really is. I mean, I'm not even kidding. We're doing our, the day we're recording this, we're launching our virtual workshops where, mm-hmm. where you can go through, uh, we help each quarter for you to build out your content plan. And we went through five different iterations of what, what the theme was, when they were going to be, what the bonus would be, you know, how we would launch it, all of those things. And each time we'd make a decision and everybody knows to wait. And so it's thinking about the things that go through my mind. There's definitely think times where I wake up in my mind. And I'm like, Does, I wonder if everybody thinks I'm crazy. Hmm. You know what I mean? I wonder if everybody, I wonder if, if my whole team secretly is like for the holy mother of something, Dana, make a decision on something. And I'm not a dabbler. Like I'm a very mm-hmm. decisive person, but I'm not going to be, but, but we have to talk it out first. Yes. And so one of the things I do is I constantly tell my team, collaborate with me, tell me here. I don't know if this is the final decision. I don't know if this is the final decision. You know, let's see where we're at. Let's build this and let's see where we're at. And my team is constantly coming back to me and actually saying that they love that I'm collaborative. Mm-hmm. They love that they feel like they're a part of a team and that where there's a part of a conversation. But there's definitely, you know, those the the days where I wake up and I'm just like, why does anybody want to work for me? I change my mind all the time. I just uh, walk around and change my mind all the time. And I'm constantly saying, we're not going to do anything else. And then I'll be like, ooh, you know, it would be fun. You know, and I have to hire Amy on my team to tell me you're not allowed to do that. We already have too much on our plate. You know, so I, yeah. I think I, I think the I think Dana might be crazy kind of uh yeah, thing. That thought. Definitely yeah. a thought that crosses my mind. Well, and I love that you just shared that because that thought, as well as many others, is something that we all experience. And one of the beautiful things is that you don't let it stop you from running your business in the way that works best for you and therefore your brand. And too many of us, I think, can get those thoughts and then they stop us in our tracks and we try to be different. And so I love that for you, you're like, okay, I can own that this is a thought. It's not going to define me. I'm going to go on being collaborative because I assume someone might tell me I'm crazy if I really am. And I'm just going to keep working and you're not crazy. What's funny is I am totally crazy. I just think that crazy people are the successful people. (laughs) If you're too safe all the time, you know, and you're not willing to dive in and sound dumb sometimes and figure Mm -hmm. things out. And, you know, I say something and then someone will say something back on my team and I'll be like, oh, that is a significantly better idea. I am so (laughs) glad that you're on the team today because, because that was way, that's way, let's go with that one. That was way better. But I don't think it detracts from my intelligence just because someone else had a better idea. I have total Mm -hmm. times where things fail miserably, you know, and we'll get on a call and I'll be like, well, good lesson that that did not work at all the way we wanted it to work. But I've never had him. One of the things I got really lucky with is I have good money mindset. I don't have imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need to be the most intelligent person on all things. And I surround Mm -hmm. myself with really smart people to help round out the things Mm -hmm. I'm not good at. And I, I don't worry. Like I said, I don't worry about looking perfect all the time. I worry about doing good work. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I got lucky and I got, I'm, I was really loved as a child and was also really challenged to be creative and contribute as a child to the family mm-hmm. and, and, and our discussions. So in those areas, part of, I think, why Boss Mom became so successful is because I didn't, I didn't sit around and go, wow, would anybody pay me money? 
I sat around going, of course, people are going to pay me money. I pay money to get the mm-hmm. things I want. As long as I'm something people want, they're going to pay me money. So how do I become something people want? Yes. And that's the only question I had. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't whether or not how valuable I was. It had nothing to do with that. It was like, how do I solve a problem that is worth what I want it to be worth? And mm-hmm. I am part of that solution. And then I just got to work on making sure that I was the number one thing that people would want. Yeah. Which you are in your places that you are, which is great. Okay. So you were a mom and you were a boss and you were, as we covered earlier, lots of different things. So what are habits or routines that you can't live without? Ooh, okay. So you're going to sound totally odd. I shave my legs every day. And I did not used to do that. Mm -hmm. But um, once my daughter, you know, got to the point where I could like take a shower without, you know, without worrying of her survival, Mm -hmm. I took a challenge. I got the all girls shave club, which like sends Mm -hmm. razors, which is a subscription I will never cancel, by the way. It's like my it's it's so incredibly valuable to me because it sounds simple to have something like shaving Mm -hmm. your legs and you'd be like, what does that have to do with business or anything? But I found that if I get up in the morning and shaving my legs is a daily requirement, then that means showering is a daily requirement. Mm-hmm. And once I do that, then I find my I, – I started to – I'm Polish, so I'm incredibly pale. So I decided to like do the spray tan on my legs so mm-hmm. that I'd feel more comfortable with my legs because I would, wouldn't wear shorts because I felt I was so pale. And then from there, I was like, oh, I started to dry my hair. And then I started to put on some makeup sometimes. And, and so this, this mode of like, I don't have time to look like a woman anymore because I've just got to make sure everybody survives, went to, if all, if all I did was say that every single day I'm going to shave my legs, it wasn't that I had a whole morning routine or a whole thing. If all I said was in the morning, I have to shave my legs all of a sudden, all the other things started happening naturally and I started yeah. to enjoy it. And my morning routine actually is about 30 minutes of me getting ready. And my kids don't get to bother me during that time. I have my cup of coffee in the bathroom. I get ready. My, my biggest thing is that I don't like to rush. If I feel in a rush, then I am a, a mean mom, you know, or just not a happy person. Mm-hmm. And so how like creating that space where I don't I don't rush because to be honest, I feel like that's probably the only habit that I actually stick with because the other habits of like, I don't have a daily affirmation. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. It depends on if I feel like I need one. I don't have a miracle morning kind of thing. I've done it before and sometimes I do it and sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't have like, I am actually the kind of person that I will binge on yogurt for breakfast for a month. And then I'm like, I don't want to see yogurt again. Mm Mm-hmm. I do that with working out. I do that. So I, I actually need variety. So mm-hmm. I have to find certain habits that mm-hmm. help cultivate the lifestyle and the things that I want from a health and development perspective, but without requiring me to do the same thing every day. So I found that starting with, I have to shave every morning, mm-hmm. it helped me eat better has helped me work out more because if I've got nice legs, I'm going to want to look nice and what, what's attached to them. You know, I eat better. I am, I rush less. I look nicer in the morning, which makes me more productive in my business, it makes me do more videos and enjoy being live and social more and all of those things. So you just got to find the one thing that you can start with yeah. that becomes the ripple effect for all the other things and makes you not feel bad about yourself for not doing it. <laughs> well, and I 
love that you realized what your one thing is. And I love that you're encouraging others to just find one thing because I think it can be easy for us to hear like, do Miracle Morning, do this, do that. And it doesn't work for everyone. And I work a lot with creatives. A lot of the people that are listening are creatives and they really push back on the idea of consistency Mm -hmm. because they think it's boring. It is boring. It is boring. And I'm like, yes, but that's not the point. The point isn't to do the same thing every single day. The point is to have one to three things that are anchor points and knowing what the and for you, that's shaving your legs. And I love that you laid out like it does impact my business because there's different ways you show up in the world that then allows you to move your business forward might not happen as easily or effectively or consistently if you didn't shave your legs. Yes, it's very true. And they're super soft, which Which I'm sure you Here's a funny thing. Here's an analogy that I've realized, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think this happens with a lot of things, but with legs, it's so funny because I literally have the silkiest legs that ever were like the girls when they come to the, like the last Academy retreat are like our group program. They were touching my legs. I was like, you have to get these razors. These, this is amazing. And what I realized though, is it's not just the razor you use or whatever. It's the fact that I do it every day. I have conditioned my legs mm-hmm. to be like, this is what, this is it. This is it. We're, we're silky smooth. Like that's the way this is going to go down. This is obviously something Dan is not going to sway from. <laughs> and with your kids, you go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get my kid to eat that thing. Mm-hmm. But you do, if you're consistent, it's, it's, yeah. you're losing, like, I'm never going to lose that weight in the first 10 pounds seem like forever. Mm-hmm. But then after that, all of a sudden, and then, you know, I lost, lost 30 pounds last year. And now I look and I'm like, I can't even imagine having those 30 pounds. Like this is me now. Mm-hmm. And this, this is makes total sense to me now. And the same thing in your business is you're going into your business and you're going, I can't imagine someone would pay me this amount, you know, but I make $500 an hour now you know, when I do that pretty consistently without hesitation mm-hmm. and I've sold $5,000, like hang out with me for a day packages through a simple text message that someone said, it's now time. Could you send me an invoice? And I was like, yes, I can. You know? And so you, the, those things that you're like, oh, this is never going to, it's always going to be hard. It's always going to be hard. The, when you do things, when you do things consistently mm-hmm. and it doesn't always have to be a task that happens consistently, but when you condition parts of your life consistently. When you condition your mind, when you condition your body, when you condition your relationships, we condition your business a certain way with certain parameters. Same thing with the boss moms group. It is so incredibly engaged and positive because we, because we have conditioned everybody to understand how it works and everybody lives within those parameters. Because of that, everything actually got easier. Making money in my business is easier. Like running that group is easier, even at 40,000 people. Having your kids is easier and all of those things. So I'd say, you know, with routines, you know, and habits, we want to pick the the outcome that we want, the con- mm-hmm. like the true parameter, the boundary that we want to create or the outcome that we want to create and focus on that. So that even as a creative where we go, well, I want to do this differently. I want to do this differently. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the same, but we do want the same outcome, right? Yes. Which is, I don't want to rush in the morning. I don't want to rush in the morning, but mm-hmm. I want to strut. Those are my two conditions in life. I don't want to rush, but I want to strut. Right. And shaving my legs helps me do both. <laughs> I think you need a t-shirt with that. <laughs> Sounds like a good t-shirt. Got a girl who does that. I know you do. <laughs> I interviewed her a while back, although it has not gone live yet. So question for you. Yes. Because you've conditioned your, your nice silky legs and 
conditioned your morning not to be rushed. What are ways that you have conditioned your business to keep growing? And like, how do you practice that? What are some of those things you focused on or you focused on daily or weekly or monthly that kind of allows you to keep going? Okay, we are going to keep growing. We are going to be intentional about that. Well, one of the things, and I'll, because I do consider myself to be a creative. And so for everybody listening, I am a believer that if you really want your business to grow, that you're going to need a project manager in your business. That's a, in a super important hire. Amy Lochran, who's on my team, is a, uh, she's our operations director. I also call her my brain activator, mm-hmm. right? Also my brain limitator. Limitator, is that the right word? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That is basically, this is what her function is. I want to do 80,000 things, mm-hmm. right? Because creating is fun for me. I'm a creator, right? Like it's uh, for creatives, the real, like true creatives, it's not even the end result that is the most important thing. It's the mm-hmm. creative process that is the most exciting. You know, the designer on my team will be like, oh my gosh, I stayed up till five in the morning designing this, this particular site for a client. And I had so much fun, even though I'm so tired, mm-hmm. right? The end result is great, but we like the, we like the process. We want to collaborate. We want to build. Mm-hmm. We want to see what it is. We want to like experience the morphing that happens, the, you know, the caterpillar to butterfly experience. So you, I have to have somebody on my team. I have conditioned somebody on my team. Mm-hmm to set parameters for me as a creative, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I'm the CEO. Yes, I'm the one who started the business. It does not matter. Amy tells me no, or at least challenges me, and then I have to fight for it if I want it. And I think that's really important because I used to have uh, you know, people on my team, because oh, I've had multiple people over the years that didn't necessarily do that. You know, I've had certain people where they're like, oh, okay, well, that's what you want to do. Let's do that. And then I, later on, I was like, oh, I really wish someone would have stopped me from doing that because it could have been way more successful if I'd only done one thing versus five things. Yeah. And they would go, well, you said you wanted to and you're the CEO. No, that is not the, that's not the boundaries I want to set. I want mm-hmm. to set a culture where my answer is not the, the answer, right? My answer is one answer and everybody has to make me fight for it in my own business if I want it. And I think that's really important because we get online and we talk about, there's a lot of talk about I'm multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. Is that good or bad? Yes. And I say it's both. Yes. And there's a lot of people saying you have to niche down. You can only do one thing. And is that good or bad? And I say both. Yep. And so the challenge becomes you know, where do we find in our business success is in really finding your groove. Yes. How do you find that groove? Well, you can't find that groove if you're doing just a million things all the time because refining is where the success really happens. You can't scale something you can't measure. And if you haven't done something enough to refine it, then you can't measure it. Therefore, you can't scale it. So if you're looking to have a really high level, successful, profitable business, you can't just constantly be doing different things all the time. You have to get really, really good and known for at least one thing. Yeah. And then you can expand out, out of there, right? I actually say that you have to focus on one thing that, that you're good at, make a ton of money at it to give you the freedom to do a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. may or may not work. That's what Pat Flynn does. Pat Flynn gets to dabble, you know, because yeah. he's got the freedom to dabble because he didn't dabble in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's one of the parameters is I got a project manager who makes me fight for my own projects. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I actually love it because I think also with creatives, that's the pat we're passionate. That's the thing we want. Yeah. I want to know what I want to fight for. And if someone says something, they're like, but oh, this might happen or you might need say no to this. I like the idea that I have a team that makes me go, 
wow, which one would I do if I could only pick one? You yeah. know, that's okay. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And then I feel really good about my decisions. And we are way more successful in a lot of the things mm-hmm. that we do. And then we are able to scale, which is very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And I think, you know, it sounds like two for people that maybe listen and they're like, I don't have a team. Find people in your life that do that for mm-hmm. you and will commit to it until you get to the place and make that your first hire. Because it is, it's important to have people that go, that's a great idea. Don't do that. And then you can fight it and then know you do want to do or don't. Because to circle back to what we were talking about earlier, you had someone that told you not to write a book, but you knew that it was important and it would lead to important things. And so you fought for it and you did it and you listened to your instincts. So there's, yeah, well, and and I'm glad you brought this up because this is a super important point. We talk about this in my, in the Confessions of a Boss Mom book, our second one. Mm Mm-hmm is that you have to you have to know your circles of understanding. The mm. people that were telling me it wasn't a good idea to write a book didn't know my industry, didn't know my business. They knew me as a human being, mm-hmm. you know, in certain friendships, but they didn't know, they really didn't know about what I was doing, why I was doing it, or how a book could impact your business. Yes. Right? And so therefore their advice was born out of love, but it was not good advice. When you are looking for, whether it's a project manager or whether at the moment what you need is a coach or a group program or something like that, Mm -hmm. look for the people that don't just give you more ideas. Like Mm -hmm. that's the thing we have to be careful about because either the person that says no, but I don't understand why I'm saying no, I'm coming from a place of me, but I'm not in your circle of understanding for that particular thing, right? So if your mom says whatever you're doing is a bad idea, but she's not in your industry, well, then take that in a different way. Take it with yes. love and then go find people in an industry. But if you're going to get in a mastermind with a group of people, you're going to find some people in Boss Moms and hang out or in your creatives group and hang out or mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're going to work with a coach or a program or something like that because maybe it's you know, the getting the project manager is not this next, next logical step for you. Make sure that that person doesn't just give you more ideas because, yes. because in the world, there's a lot of podcasts and there's a lot of books and there's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. There is no shortage of ideas. And, and like I said, there's no shortage of good ideas, yeah. but, that, but you can't do all the good ideas. You'd never sleep and most of them would fall flat on your face and you never get really good or known for anything. You have to find the best idea. So hang around with people. This is my test. I only have friends that challenge me, right? Mm-hmm. My friend Dawn is constantly saying, would you do that? with a client? Would you tell, give a client that same advice? Kelsey's constantly telling me, what, what would happen if we cut it in half, right? Like each yeah. one of my friends is going to challenge me and say, say something that requires me to think about it and think about it in a different way. If you are only in a circle of people that are just giving you more ideas on top of your deals, like, oh, what if you did this? Or you could do this? Or wouldn't this be fun? That's not the group of people that's going to help make you successful. They may be wonderful people and you like going out and having wine with them. But if you really want to be successful, you're going to find the person that helps you hone in and prune your ideas, not generate more ideas. You don't want to fill the garden with a bunch of stuff. You want to give everything space so that they can actually grow. Yes. Although I don't garden, so I I don't fully (laughs) understand. (laughs) Gardening does not bring me bliss. Well, think about it this way. A plant is, I'm not a good gardener either, but a plant has roots. The more the the roots grow underground, stuff you can't see, Mm -hmm. the more it gets crowded. The more crowded it gets, the more nutrients roots take. So different projects that you have are going to take different amounts of energy. You have a finite amount of energy. You have a finite amount of nutrients in your soil, right? Mm -hmm. So the more that you try and crowd a space in a garden, 
the less nutrient everything is, the duller it is, it's less beautiful. It doesn't grow as well. And all of a sudden you have a craggly garden that no one wants to hang out in. The roots need space and they need to understand the amount of resources that you have so that you don't completely deplete all of your resources, which is like mind resource, time resource, money resource, emotional resources. Otherwise, you just get burnt out. Got to prune. Pruning. It's the key. It is the key. And it's hard, right? Like pruning is not always like, well, maybe it's hard for a lot of people. I don't know if it's hard for you. It is. Pruning, it is. It's hard. Oh, I love. You just drank out of a kid's sippy cup. And that's oh, the only thing I drink out of is my kid's sippy cups. <laughs> <laughs> that way nothing ever gets spilled. I actually was like, that is an awesome idea because I'm constantly scared of the spillage. Yes. Sorry, guys. Side note. But yeah, the pruning can be hard, but it does help. And it is so important to know like what energies are those projects taking and how do you re-up that? One of the things that I talk about is that not all self-care is equal and that you really effectively, if you are going to be running a successful business, you have to know and make sure that if you're making time for self-care, that it actually is speaking to where you have a need. So like right now, kids are going back to school, all that. I noticed I was like feeling a little out of control. So I was like, I have a self-care plan for when I feel out of control. Mm -hmm. It's organized a part of my closet Mm -hmm. because that speaks to that need. Now, that doesn't speak to my needs when I'm feeling other things. And so having a knowledge of like, what are you addressing? But also you have to know then what different parts of your creativity, what parts of your business are needing different parts of you and be aware of that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, we could talk four hours, but neither of us have time for that. (laughs) Nor do our listeners. And I want to honor you all's time. So I want to end just kind of with this question. If you could give, I know this is going to be hard, but one piece of advice to the you that was starting Boss Mom, the you that was just really pushing into this business, what piece of advice would you give her? Mm. I, if I were giving a piece, I'm going to sound like a jerk face. I would tell her to keep doing what you're doing. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, the few things that I think are really important now, which is mapping out your exact opinions so that you could be known in the space, even if you don't know exactly what you're going to be known for from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that takes time to know what your opinions are. And I wrote Boss Mom was entirely me mapping out my opinions. You know, I, the first, that $20,000 program that I joined, I joined it because part of what its specialty was, was mapping out your methodology, like showing you how to distill your ideas into pictures, which I believe is the, the more simple that I can explain and repeat and know those things, the more authority I build. And I, I did that and I'm very good at that now because of it. So, you know, and all of the mistakes that I have made, the one thing I will say is I definitely think I would have told myself to say no to more things. Mm -hmm. But in hindsight, I I see people coming to me now and I want to tell them what I know now. But to be honest, some of those things that I did, that's how I learned. That's how I learned what I wanted to say yes to or no to in the future. And, you know, do I did a ton of summits in the beginning to help me build my list. And I don't do them now because they detract from the one or two things I know. But back then I didn't know those things. Yeah. And I couldn't be wise in my first year of business like I am in my sixth year of business. That 
that doesn't work. So I, I think I would have told myself to just like trudge on, keep trucking, mm-hmm. Hannah, keep trucking and, and continually learn just every day, learn from what you are. The only way to grow is to just step up from where you were before, see where you were going, what worked and what didn't work and just continually refine, refine, refine. Because honestly, like you can't give wisdom to yourself five years ago. Like wisdom mm-hmm. takes time. Yeah. Positioning takes time. Authority mm-hmm. takes time. Like I'm now getting asked to do things and speak and co-facilitate and, you know, co-collaborate and all these things with these, these really amazing, big, high-powered people. But I could have, it wouldn't have happened in my first year because I didn't have the clarity. I had the clarity by messing up a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'd say embrace, like I'd tell myself, just embrace the messing up. It does not mean you're not good at what you do. It means you are on the journey to discovering what you're good at. And that in itself is something that's very important and it's unavoidable. Clarity is not something that you're born with. It's something that you earn, mm-hmm. right? Get out there and get messy. What is, what is Miss, um, the, mag- the school bus, the magic school bus, where she's like, get out there, get dirty, get messy, and you know, find things, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I work while my kids watch TV. <laughs> um, I don't actually pay attention. I just make sure it's a Miss, safe Miss Frizzle has a really good phrase about okay, like, going out and experiencing it. life. It'll be in the show notes. I have a shirt somewhere that says it. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So everyone, I want to encourage you to go forward, embrace the mistakes you make today because you're going to make them no matter where you're at in your journey as creatives. Embrace the mistakes and keep going. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for being here with us today. I really enjoyed this. And guys, all the information about where to connect with Anna will be in the show notes. Definitely go hang out with her there. I love hanging out in Boss Moms. So I'll be there. She'll be there. Everybody will be there. And I will talk to y'all soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate you for being a part of the movement that this show is built upon, which is liberating creatives and artists from their feast or famine cycle so that they become creatives who consistently make money doing what they love without the hustle, bustle, and burnout that has sadly become common for too many building creative businesses. You are amazing for going against the status quo and choosing to be a creative who is defined by thriving instead of how many things you have to do on your to-do list today. If you haven't joined the movement yet, simply review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and share your review on Instagram stories. By sharing and reviewing, you are helping way more creatives learn it is possible to make consistent money doing what you love without having to constantly hustle and struggle. Together, we can change the landscape of being a creative and build the world we want for generations of creatives to come. You're such a huge part of what we are doing here, and I'm so grateful for you. I will talk to you soon. 